Hi everyone, I'm Portia. And I'm Namsa. Welcome to Assume It Will Be Brilliant. Hi Porsche. Hi Norms. How's it going? How are you? <laughs> Good. It's a sunny Sunday morning in Montreal. It, nice. It was sunny yeah. there and it's very grey now. Okay. That happens, you know, variation <laughs> yeah. in the climate. You know, there's an overall change happening for the warmer. Not good for any of us, but anyway, now that we've done our meteorology segment. <laughs> Why didn't you tell the folks what we're doing today? What are we talking about? So today we are not rooting for the anti-hero. Welcome to us just not rooting for them. We're doing two shows, which we are hating. We are haters. If these yeah. people have haters, we are one and two. We're doing two shows with really narcissistic antagonists, let's say. Mm-hmm. And the one is a Hulu show, which is also on Disney Plus in South Africa, and it's called Tell Me Lies. And the second mm-hmm. one is the Netflix hit show, You. Mm-hmm. And both yes. of them are actually based on novels. Um, mm-hmm. I actually didn't know Tommy Lies was based on a book, but it is. Um, from what I can tell, there's like quite a few things still to flesh out um, from the book that weren't really covered in season one. There's only one season of Tommy Lies and four seasons mm-hmm. of You. So I think, yeah, let's start by just chatting a little bit about um, Tommy Lies, what it's about and what are our sort of flashpoints on that one. So Tell Me Lies, this show is basically about the leading lady, Lucy, who, who we see her get into college um, and meets a bunch of new people, new roommates she makes friends with, also meets this guy, Stephen, who is mm-hmm. the, the antagonist, um, but main male character of the show. They basically roam around each other in this friendship circle. And we follow, well, Lucy's roommate, Macy, dies in a car accident in the beginning of the show. And right. it's one of the sort of stories that's flowing at the in the background of how did she die? It was after this party. And um, initially we understand that she was drinking, was driving drunk. But then you start to find out other details in the show about who else was around um, when the accident happens. Stephen and Lucy's relationship is basically this weird cat and mouse game. And at different times, you don't know who the cat is and you don't know who the mouse is. They just you realize quickly that Lucy's becoming more and more obsessed and really dependent Mm -hmm. on Stephen, who does not reciprocate for the longest of time. He doesn't want to be seen with her in public. They just sort of hook up in the background. Mm -hmm. And then you also realize that that's also got to do with the fact that his ex Diana is also around and he's sort of trying to keep her on the back burner and doesn't really want to not have her around as his main option because she's this rich girl with prospects and he wants to Mm -hmm, be with mm -hmm. someone like that. Whereas Lucy's kind of flimsy, flip floppy, doesn't seem to have direction. Diana Mm -hmm. is like, she can see her future. They both want to be lawyers, I think. I think Diana wants to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Lucy wants to be a writer, but is sort of very flimsy. And you just see how Stephen manipulates Lucy, manipulates his friends, completely betrays friendships, finds out information, uses it against people. And he's just, I remember when I I was watching it before you even started, I said, you have to watch the show. This man is diabolical. And none of, like, I think only one of the characters for me is really, truly likable. Mm -hmm. And she's not a main character and it's Brie. And she's like one of the, she, she's one whose backstory is that she's, um, she was moved from foster care um, through different uh, foster care homes. And she's just, sees through everybody's bs mm-hmm. and she's like the realest realest person there and mm-hmm. everyone else quite frankly is horrible horrible um <laughs> not as horrible as lucy and steven but still like it's the strangest thing where you're not rooting for them i found right. i was not rooting mm-hmm. for lucy i was so upset with her all the time where she would like debase herself to be with Stephen, yeah, betray I, her friends. 
It's very interesting because this show has a, a pretty high rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't know how, but then the audience score is significantly lower. Like Rotten Tomatoes is like an 86% and the audience score is 63%. And I guess I kind of get it because I I do think craft-wise, there's a way in which the show was well-made in the sense of like, I think it had a very strong POV. You really felt like you were in Grace's, you know, point of view a lot of the time like you were yo-yoing the way that she was and you were getting like confused and frustrated the way that she was uh but I did find I I did feel like I didn't I like negative desire for the show to exist you really had to convince (laughs) me to go and watch it because I was already you was you know you was already out and I just felt like how many toxic man shows uh, can there be? Because even when you think about like big HBO shows, The Sopranos, AMC's like Breaking Bad, right? Like, I mean, these these are much more youthful people, but I mm-hmm. feel like the toxic, usually white male protagonist story has been told so many times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and now it's going to be the teenagers are going to be doing it. I know it was college in you tell in tell me lies. And I was just kind of like, I'm probably I'm probably going to hate this. You know what I mean? Because I already find <laughs> college shows and college things like gratuitous in their debauchery. Because that's usually what they're using to hit you in the face with to blah, blah, blah. I mean, I felt I did have a sense of like, oh, they kind of did it as, as though it was the book. I didn't read the book. But I know when you read like psychological thriller books, you mm-hmm. have that thing w- which the show did very well of like where are we going what's happening you're talking to these people and then you're like how is this all going to link up like what's going on and it had that mystery of the car accident in the background which reminded me a little bit of um 13 reasons why which I don't oh, yeah. think I completed the show actually where something happened but it's like who all was there who did it like what's the true story blah 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 whose fault is it really you know but I guess it was bad because I just felt like I thought Lucy's performance was great. And I didn't think um, Stephen's performance was that was that good. But I was also already set up because it begins. They show us them in adulthood as well, like attending this wedding where they've all got together, yes. like they left college. So you kind of already know, and it's hinted at that, like this relationship went horribly wrong, like through the conversations with the other people, like, how do you think that's going to go? And so I felt like I was already ready to be mad at him. You know what I mean? I already <laughs> knew how this was going to go. And so everything he did, I was already, I went from nine to 11 you know what I mean like no (laughs) but again I'm I'm very easy it was entertaining in parts but you know if we're doing the juxtaposition between tell me lies and you with you I'm I'm very bothered at how entertained I am like how invested I I am like how much I want to see what Joe's gonna do next you know and I'm like okay you know good good job but no you know no thank you overall (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of my scorecard for this show. Like overall plot, uh, acting, uh, style of the show. I don't know that the style was that interesting. Main ideas of the show, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm being too critical. This is the problem. You put somebody in the seat of a critic and suddenly they're like, uh. <laughs> and it it was an examination of, of, of a toxic relationship, but I don't know. And I guess in some ways I can see how it was. It was novel because it was very um, in your face in a way and quite unapologetic. Mm. And unlike Euphoria and them, I mm. well, I think I found the sex a bit gratuitous, but also mm. kind of true to that frenetic energy of college and like the mm. youth of it all. You know what I mean? But not gratuitous in the way that I find Euphoria to be extremely great. Like it draws out, yeah. it really like bleeds the stone of mm. whatever the heightened emotion of it. You could argue that they're teenagers so it is a bit extra to college I don't know but I did think that that dynamic is not false it is a yeah. very common story in friend groups like I I you know even in like I don't know that there's any uh people person like somebody who had a group of friends who mm-hmm. didn't know of or have a friend who was like yo that one and that guy are in some kind of vortex and mm. it's not good it's not good at all and we don't know why she's coming back and she keeps making decisions that are like 
not equals net benefit for the friendships you're supposed to be cultivating at that level. I think it is a very, very common thing. I think people go to college like being like, maybe I'll meet the guy and and maybe force issues. You know what I mean? Mm. So there's that. And I suppose there's space for it to be depicted, but didn't, I wasn't super, I I forgot basically everybody's name, every plot line, everything. (laughs) Other than like the, once it was over, it did not stay with me at all. I was like, it filtered itself out. It was like on auto delete, you know, not even. It's like, so funny. It's funny because I, I didn't remember every plot line at all. And I had to obviously like remind myself because it was watched it like near the end of last year, but I did remember how I felt afterwards that stuck mm. with me. And how I felt during what while I was watching it. And I felt mm. the whole time like icky. Mm. Like it's that it was icky, that yuck, ew, like not ew, but like a little bit dirty after watching it because of the, like you say, I think so many people can relate to seeing those dynamics in those relationships whether you're the friend who's watching your friend in that really toxic relationship where the, they are, but they're toxic together. Like not, it's not like yeah. one is healthy and the other one is like unhealthy. It's that they're both this, they've got this dynamic that is really icky and that everyone can see and wishes that they would just not be together. They're mm. not good mm. for each other. Mm. One mm. is specifically not good for the other one, but, actually they feed off of each other and then there's also the relatability I think for some people of being in that relationship even the other relationships that play out the friendships and how they play out there was a realness to it and also there was a diabolical nature it was like a bit extreme like he just kind of felt like is anyone this manipulative as Stephen this in he he manipulates every single person every single situation and the only ones he cannot really which you can see his extreme insecurity plays out in that interview that he goes to um at the really big law firm and you know he doesn't really fit in because he comes from not that background he's he does he's from a poor background he's not high society not not upper class and he botches the interview because he's trying to be this thing that he isn't. And he insults, he offends the interviewer. Also, you can see in his own family life, there he comes back to his child and he's not like in control there. And in, instead, he's the one being manipulated. And you see it's, where he got his his tendencies from. I, I did enjoy that they did give us like a 360 view of all the main characters Mm, who they are in different situations because that's true of everyone you know you've got your public life your private life and your secret life as we've discussed before (laughs) you know to quote somebody else I heard describe this um and they really give us insight into each of those dimensions particularly of the main character it does Mm. get like what you're saying, like extremely diabolical. What I, what I was really interested in is how much worse Lucy becomes in her manipulation Yes, because he's manipulating her and Mm. she sort of does it in, in, in both as a way to protect herself, but also like Mm. as a defense mechanism, because she like Mm. wants him, but she's also Mm. in the power game. You know what I mean? And that's what Steven's doing the whole time. He's playing power games because he feels powerless in in other situations and he's trying to get power. So he's like, I kind of want to be in a mutually beneficial quote unquote relationship with um, his other girlfriend who's who's better on paper, who has the in actually mm. to this law firm that he's going to interview at. And he's very prideful. He knows where he's from. He knows his background, but he's like, I'm better than this. I'm better than this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get out of this. I'm definitely better than this. But then you see why that would be the jacket he puts on because that family is quite toxic. Arguably yeah. his mother is the worst guy. <laughs> Like, you know, in honestly, in hands show. down, I wanted to give Kate Segal a standing ovation. She was so good. And I'm just, did you know that? So Kate Segal is um his mom, like his actual mom in real life. I did not know that. I just yes. know that she she was um which for me this is like my most left of like left of what you would expect of me to be interested in show watching thing but one time when I was detained in you in Uganda 
I watched um I think I did already tell this I watched Sons of Anarchy about like this motorcycle guy and she was brilliant in that yes 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 yeah yeah. they did look alike that's good yeah So Jackson White, who plays Stephen, is Kate Segal's um, son. And I mean, she's a legend. Like she she just, she acts. That episode, that particular episode where you see all the family background, Stephen's background. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. What I did feel was a, about Lucy, that she, I didn't feel she's as fleshed out as Stephen. Mm-hmm. For a main character, I'm lacking story from her. And perhaps it's because her story is that she's just attached to Stephen. I don't know. I haven't read the book. I think so. so. Like I mean, if I'm, being, if I'm being generous, I think that her being sort of black canvassy mm. explained um it is appropriate because she keeps she loses herself in this guy her entire mm. life is driven by what am I going to do even the way she treats her own family is like who cares you know like she's very she gets completely caught up in the story this is all she does she's not Lucy she's like Lucy vis-a-vis Stephen like oh, via Stephen so and and he knows and he uses that, you know, power. And she, yeah, it is, it is quite sad. But, you know, it's her story. And oh, so hopefully she's Lucy with some more dimensions now, you know. But, I mean, if we talk about just like uh, favorite episodes, that definitely is my favorite episode. I think it was like episode six. Or with his mom? Six. Yeah, the, the, the Christmas one where they went, mm. where he went home. Um, did you have a favorite episode or scene? No. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I I have to agree with you. Like when you mentioned it, I was like, they did do a very good job because I do remember watching it. I mean, the people who are listening until we switch to video can't see, but I do remember always watching it like icky, 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 like the whole time I felt super icky. So it did that to great effect because that is the appropriate response to what you're witnessing. But I didn't. I felt like it moved really fast. I actually wanted greater examination. I found a lot of the side characters' plot lines a little bit more interesting, you know? Mm -hmm, Um, Same. I, don't, I can't say I have a favorite episode or even a favorite scene. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess then the show, the, what we felt then was that the show left us feeling icky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not super pumped. And not rooting for the anti-hero. And mm-hmm. I am actually so glad that it did that because like you said, it was the appropriate response. Whereas you... Mm-hmm. You, 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 you. Listen, I can't sit here and lie to the people. It is a, I'm so, because the episodes are long too. They're all about an hour. Um, not, not all of them all the time. Sometimes they're standard, you know, network 40 minutes, but I am highly entertained. And highly I don't know what that says about me. I think I, I, think I have to go to confession. I don't know what the story is, but let me tell you something. I like Joe Goldberg <laughs> when he's not murdering. Like, I think his manipulative person. But, but I think that's the point. I think that's the very point is that he is charming. You know what I mean? And he is when he's sort of sneaking around and he's and it's not it's no bueno. Right. What, but what they are doing is putting that that sheen on him, you know, like that he's he's got a sense of humor. He's funny. And and it is it it's they make it difficult for you to fully not root for the antihero. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And also because unlike Stephen, who existed to manipulate the people around him for his personal benefit, the narrative that Joe weaves, even though you're like, sir, you are a murderer, is that he's being protective and he he makes the women feel good. He is in in much more interesting settings. You know, he's not a broke college boy, like looking for whatever. (laughs) He starts out in Brooklyn. He's in the suburbs of like pretty wealthy California. And then he he's in he's in London. He's much much more interesting, refined, you know? <laughs> refined. He's a, he's much more refined in his 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 evil doing. I know. Oh, and it's he so makes funny. friends. He can be mm. in a social circle, like you know. So I don't know. Listen to me talking. It's a, it's a slow Sunday. I news. love daylight. Daylight savings changed. So let me just make a disclaimer. I lost an hour of sleep. So let me just say, like, don't hold me to my comments today. The subject change. Oh, for real, because you are you are just telling us how wonderful 
Joe Goldberg is. <laughs> like, girl, I feel like you missed the moral of the story. I know. No. But, but yeah, I mean, but, like, that's, I think that's the whole. That's the interesting yeah. thing about you is that mm. it centers around this, this man who he finds these people intriguing and you are intrigued by him. Like you Mm. say, charming, witty, interesting. And Mm. um, you're following his inner dialogue and inner monologue rather. Yeah. And it's very intoxicating. Yes. And also just the thing they did with the character is that they made him clever. So one of my favorite components of you which was more present in previous seasons and we're going to mostly focus on season four is, is that it's kind of a satire like a humorous satire. He's consistently excoriating, making fun of, pointing out the hypocrisies of sort of like his generation, right? Mm. Millennial American lifestyles, you know, of the, Mm. I guess, what would you call them? Um, Middle to trying to climb to to the upper upper class, you know, middle to upper class, um, blah, blah, blah. And because he's the narrator and he's the person you're following, you feel like you're clever too. You feel like you're Mm. in it with him. Like if you get the joke, you're also like, ha ha ha. So, and it's kind of cool. It gives you like an air. So you, when you feel like you're in on a secret, right? Mm -hmm. It it makes you, and this is the same thing. I don't know why this keeps coming back, back today. Same thing with Breaking Bad. Like this man is, is putting all of his family at risk. He's doing something that's absolutely harmful to his like people in general. But because you're you, you're with him when he secretly figures out like how to get the money for what for his treatment. You know what I mean. And him <laughs> as well. He's like, let me just help this chick out. You know, she needs love. You know, like I get her. Like <laughs> you know, she doesn't get it yet, but I'm gonna get in there. And he in the beginning, especially, you kind of believe him that he wants to love her before you like really are like, oh my goodness, he puts them in kitchen something wrong so like it's very I think it was also from a writing standpoint these people were smart to put us in his head and Mm. in his head it's not particularly unpleasant you know it's kind of funny it's smart you're observing the world you're moving slow you know you're stealthy yeah I mean it's it's interesting his perspective and the way he looks at these people and you kind of get to laugh with him and get to know him and it makes you find him so charming and then makes you feel very forgiving because you know him and you now like him and unlike Tommy Lies where Stephen is very unlikable Joe is made to be very likable and it it becomes very confusing. What I loved about season four, and perhaps it's like dive into it is that they flip the story on you and then they remind you that wait a minute guys um just remember that this man is he's not the good guy he is the bad guy this is the bad yeah. guy this and is he's the villain. yeah <laughs> and the other thing that these shows do where you have a, a criminal protagonist who's who you basically are forced to be on side with is yeah, that you, for him. you you follow his Step by step, his logic that mm-hmm. concludes in must must murder. And Every you're like, victim, yeah. You're like, I, yeah, I just don't see how else you're going to get out of it. What I did like <laughs> about the the first and, and actually all the seasons, except season four, which is different. And yeah, let's get into it right after this, is that it slowly always unravels. Honestly, like the first kill or something, I can't believe I'm talking like this. You're like... <laughs> I was sort of like, I get it, man. You know, like, yeah, it feels, what were you going to do? Feels very exactly. And it's always uh, like, you know, somebody who's kind of awful anyway. But I like that it would always in the end where you are like, no, Joe, this is actually unreasonable. And he also would be like, I've gotten myself into a real pickle. <laughs> you know, it, it's like tick, tick, tick. It always accumulates in a way that becomes unsustainable, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yes, I definitely enjoyed season four because it begins. And I'm like, as if, as if it's the same thing as somebody who just got sober. <laughs> You know, it's like how you're feeling. You're like, wow, you've been clean from from this for a while, you know. And then suddenly it's like, how dare somebody frame you, you know. Yeah. So season four Mm. picks up with, hopefully everybody's watched season one, two, two, three. His wife, love, who I love 
from the beginning to the end is my favorite character that has ever done my favorite stories. lead my favorite lead Love. of all time she is excellent a brilliant She's actress excellent. i don't know how she did it but I was just like A plus 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 plus, and she's also a murderer. But listen, to she's what we're also saying. a murderer. Ugh. And so she she's she's died. Um, Joe has had to leave her, uh, leave his son Henry in the burbs with this beautiful couple, um, and he follows his now new love and obsession, Marianne. At this stage, she's not a, an obsession for him because he thinks he's just in love with her. He follows her to Paris and then we find out that when uh, he got to Paris, she was afraid of him because he finds out that she knew everything because love told him, told her about how Joe is this killer. So she was afraid and then he let her go. And then we find him in this season in the UK, surrounded by these high society people, sort of in, gets involved with these very, they're very, very, very rich um, young people who didn't really earn their money, who turn out also to be quite bad people. They're all villains in their own lives. And so you kind of, again, it's that thing where you don't even really feel that sorry for, for them when they start dying. And they basically start dying one by one. And the very first one, Joe wakes up in his apartment and the, the first victim is lying on his kitchen table. And he cannot remember what happened the night before. Um, they've got really hi all of them at this party and he starts receiving these text messages from the stranger in initially joe thinks he did it but just can't remember buries the body but then after he starts receiving the text messages basically saying oh you cleaned this mess up i didn't think i thought you'd get caught and he realizes he didn't actually do it and then the bodies start to fall one after another. And the killer's called the eat the rich killer because they're all very rich people that are dying. At the same time, he's falling in love with one of the rich Kate, who seems to be this heiress who sort of denies her heiressdom and wants to be this independent woman and run away from her evil father. Also, at the same time, you have this other character, Reese who Joe admires, Reese wants to run for mayor, and he's also kind of friends with these rich people, but grew up in a really, really poor. Didn't have this, so interesting now that I say it. He grew up really poor, <clears throat> very uh, terrible bringing one that Joe can relate to very much, but somehow pulled himself up from the bootstraps, and he's now like this author and really everyone looks up to him eventually part one ends and joe realizes that reese is the kill the rich eat the kill eat the rich killer <laughs> oh my gosh it's so hard for us non-violent people <laughs> to be discussing all these things yeah. <laughs> and then part two comes and when i remember after part one and we spoke and you said you were disappointed by the season and that you were not feeling it and i had said i'm going to reserve my judgments because i was feeling quite neutral about it it was like we said it was a very different tone it wasn't i felt it was missing something and when season when episode six started i was like yeah, yeah. what is that thing where's the salt in this like food like it's it's missing that thing where we chose the killer, even though he's killed someone in the season. Like yes, it was sort yes, of like he yes, had to, yes, 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 and he didn't want to. It's just like where's the where's the obsession? Where's the where's yeah. the Joey? No, it was yeah. feeling like it was missing that thing. Yeah. At the same time that I'm rooting for him, and I'm like, this poor man, he's being framed, he's being framed and he's really trying hard not to murder. Anymore. It's really like it's like where's the empathy? You know, like, 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 I was like, really? I cannot believe such misfortune has befallen this man. <laughs> Do you know what I also couldn't believe? I was like, I cannot believe this Reese character. He feels so unrealistic to me. I know, I know. Me too. I was like, we don't even know anything about him, really. Well, and then because they they drop the bomb that like he may have plagiarized parts of his biography, right? His bio yeah so yeah. you're like who is this guy he's so how and also because this whole time we've never met a better murderer than joe you know exactly never met a more clever person than joe so in comes this random englishman who wants knows to be everything about joe. knows everything about joe and i was like but joe is better at joe cleaned your tracks up so well you know how is he better at joe than joe 
And then I suppose at this point we should say spoiler alert. Big spoiler alert. Big spoiler alert. It turns out that Reese is a figment of Joe's imagination that he has split from himself in a way in order to continue murdering while perceiving of himself as being a non-murderer anymore who just happens to be in <laughs> difficult circumstances. But he's been doing it. the whole time the whole time and at first when it happened I was kind of bummed in the way that you remember Teddy and the curtains in that room you know those (laughs) fantasies like I was like no 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 don't do this to me you don't do this don't take me to this stupid place where now I have to just accept that we're working with a ghost I don't want to do it I don't want to do it I hate it I hate it I've given you three years But I want to know what you think about it first, maybe. And then I'll say, because I thought, well, let me just say, because in the end, I thought this is very good. This is actually very good. You is actually a very excellent show. And it's doing, I think it might be subtly doing something the same way in The Good Place, right? It was like Mm -hmm. supposedly farcical and like silly Mm -hmm. and like cartoonish and whatever but it was kind of trafficking in these deeply spiritual and like philosophical Mm. ideas about life I think this is depicting that maybe I'm speaking too highly of them and they just want to make an entertaining entertaining show about murdering Mm -hmm. but I do think whoever's writing it whoever's showing this is giving us visual representations uh, or like whatever this interpretation is of real psychological phenomena you know 100% let me tell you where they got me when at the end of of episode six of episode seven where go he's going to go and kill Reese find him at the farmhouse in fact he's not going to go kill Reese he wants to go because Reese eventually tells him that he's got Marianne and if Joe doesn't like kill Kate's father that he's going to kill Marianne when he oh, goes we to the farmhouse explained. I mean I, so, I suppose the people who are listening to the spoiler know but Marianne was the last woman uh, yeah he fell in love with before he had to run away from the states um, having faked his own death yeah, and murdered his and- ex-wife and he had he he had the opportunity to basically kill her and and start a new life, but he was trying to be better, so he he let her go. He let her go. Or, so he thought, yeah. So then Reese tells him, "I've I found Marianne, and I'm going to kill her if you don't kill Kate's father." And he so he fi- goes and finds Reese, and he's now going to get out of him where Marianne is, but instead he snaps and he kills Reese. And it was so interesting because watching him interrogate Reese, looking at Reese say, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. I genuinely believed him. I was like, why, why does he seem so believable when he says he has no clue what he's talking about? And then he kills him and he's like, oh my word, I made an um, you know, I made an error, I went too far. And then Reese comes out in a suit and is like, Yeah, you went a bit far. And he's standing next to Reese's dead body. Uh-huh. And that's where I was like, wait, are you telling me? Please can go along with me on where we no. are. No, because I also think I went there. Because I fully, I fully also think I went there. I was, Reese has it. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, do not tell me that we have adventured deep into soap opera zones here where you're telling me that there's an evil twin who's a mastermind and this other twin didn't know anything and Joe didn't figure it out I was like this is so silly because how did we not know Reese was a twin he wrote a biography he would have mentioned his twin brother and I was so irritated because I was like I'm too far in not to finish the season but they've done this to me they're giving me as you seeing Denny just in the streets you know wait can I tell you, Portia, that's not the only place I went. I need you to understand. <laughs> Where else did you go? So in this, so at the end of that episode, the one of the students who basically is following Joe and figures out everything goes down and finds Marianne in the glass cage in yes. that like random location. And I was now at, and please, where I'm at now is still not down as deep down the rabbit hole that I got. <laughs> okay. I'm like, oh my word, did Reese figure out that Joe had done glass cages and then made a replica glass cage and put Mary in the glass cage? I was very confused. I was like, how did, I was like, I can't believe there's somebody who's out Joeing Joe. 
right now. <laughs> so then that's exactly where I am. But that's not it. Episode eight begins. And now we're hearing from Marianne's perspective what's happening. Now you must understand this was brilliant. This was cinema. Mm. This episode was I agree. Cinema. Best one. And mm. and it was, I think it's the one directed by, was it no, it wasn't, it was the one afterwards that was actually directed by Penn Badgley. Mm. But this episode, we were hearing the 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 voiceover is not Joe, it's Marianne. And she's mm. explaining her perspective of how Joe actually didn't change his mind, didn't let no, her no, go, no. but actually dragged her. Me, the one who's dragging her. I'm like, who is this now? I'm looking at Penn Badgley. Okay, but I'm like, who is this? Do you know, it took me, it took me 10 minutes, like a full 10 minutes, because I was still like, Bambi Marianne, she's confused. I was like, <laughs> what did I say that? I was like, this girl is so confused. She's so confused. Because she, she, she was dragged, you know? Yeah, like, she doesn't know. She, it was and, obviously Reese. And she just, mm, she's decided exactly. it was Exactly. And it I was, was like, and, and then I said, <laughs> and also because love had told her about what Joe did, which was true. Like, she, yes so i was like so oh, when yeah. she keeps she keeps like um her prison guard is joe <clears throat> and he's seems so empty and vacant the whole time and she's kind of tricking him and i'm like this is not joe guys like this is not joe i don't know why he looks exactly like joe <laughs> He can't explain it. And I was like, maybe Reese. And he even said he had made a clone or something. He even said, I'm not Joe. I'm someone. And I was like, I'm not Joe. Joe has a twin. I was like, have I missed something? I was like, what is going on? I think I missed an episode. But then you you catch on pretty quickly. Like at some point it becomes very clear. Then you're like, oh my goodness. When he said, I'm not Joe. I was like, I knew it. You're not I was so and you know what I felt like this season was so brilliant is because yeah. I think a lot of the audience at the at some people must have jumped off probably before the clone story that, mm, mm-hmm. that I made up but mm. it, you were so convinced that mm-hmm. Joe is not the bad guy here and exactly. that he is being framed mm-hmm. that you are making excuses for a man we know, know. is a is serial a, killer literally we know this and know also a there's a way killer. in which i felt bad for him for having a psychotic break of some kind do you know what i mean i was when sort of i like, found out oh no i thought joe was break. like yeah because when as i, I found said out uh, he had yeah. the psychotic break i was like what I mean, I still didn't put together that he was still the guy who had killed everyone from the beginning. Beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From, from the, top. the start. From the top. And that he was obsessed with Reese. And mm. when we were talking, when we started just this, just this discussion, I started mm-hmm. to realize, of course, Reese was him. He mm-hmm. had made up this Reese to be him. Mm-hmm. Like he's made up a version of himself who mm-hmm. is worthy of being mayor and who is, who can change his life and who's mm-hmm. like pulled himself up from his bad background. But who is somehow who is also worse than him. Who is like, worse I don't than even, him. It's, it's, it's very wild that you, we were able, like this show was able to take us to a place where we're conceiving of somebody as worse than Joe. Worse than Joe. Like and it's not Joe. Joe. It can't. And it's, it's not Joe. It's not Joe. It's not Joe. But because worse. we know, I mean, it, it was just very, very well done. But at first, I was like, "This is annoying. This is farcical. They're, they're taking it away from being realistic." LOL. You know, like <laughs> no, I know. Like the Reese character was like, he's so unreal. He's like, and he's also even real. and even the fact that like Joe's hallucinating. Never mind that he's a serial killer. You he's, know, the fact that I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like Joe's smart. You know, Joe's not gonna say why are they forcing him? Break. Why are they forcing him to be insane, quote unquote? You know yeah. what I mean? When when this man is clearly he is not just a narcissist, yeah, he is a an obsessive, mm-hmm. and he is also, I mean, can we say he's a psychopath or is he a so. sociopath? At the very least, he's a sociopath. At the very least, um, mm-hmm. at the very least. And yet we cannot take that he possibly has a split personality. Like that he, of that course, he this, yeah. We cannot take that. that because he's already he charmed the, us, you know. What I loved about it, and you know, I know you say like you didn't like in the beginning. I loved it because 
what I loved about the Reese character, when you realize when he's telling Joe, like basically bringing Joe to his senses to realize his own um, nature that he's been denying for all of these seasons. What I loved about it was that he kept calling him out on his hypocrisy. And mm. I felt in season three, season two, season three, especially because I loved love so much. Mm. I, what I loved about love is that she knew herself. She had a self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Of course, she was a bit off a rock. And of course, why? Because she's a serial killer. Mm. Um, bit crooked, but yeah. she had a self-awareness and she also had an awareness of who Joe was. And she fully accepted him for who he was. And he couldn't accept her because he felt she was worse than him. Somehow. He felt she was So this was is the crazy. thing, because he has a and God I complex. I felt like, yeah. yes. I was yeah. like, are you joking, Joe? Yeah. She is you. She is just the female version. Exactly. And I felt like Reese really woke him up to that and woke the audience mm. up to that. Mm. And I felt like seeing Marianne's perspective really made Joe scary in a mm. way that he hadn't been scary for the audience in a very long time I know. and I think it was so important for us to realize this guy is not the hero he's not he, he is the villain but and we need to not root for the crazy and for the fact that this he and when at the right at the end where he's looking at them at the the reflection mm -hmm. and now he finally sees not just himself, but he sees Reese in himself. He sees Reese as his reflection. And you see, oh, he's now finally accepted who he is. Yes. And you see that, like, there's a part in the, like, when he comes back and you see that he's flipped. And he is now like, oh, okay, I've accepted. I am the serial killer. I am the bad mm -hmm. guy. And mm -hmm. I think it was like, it. I felt so great about netflix saying oh you guys liked this guy too much like about the show yeah. writers saying mm. you guys really were rooting for this man way too much let's fix that let's fix that but then they did also do the thing like the sequence that i found very compelling is um the sequence on the bridge yeah. when he's finished everything and he goes and re because Oh, again, because I was like, that's what that's the moment when I knew, oh, these people are talking to us about human psychology yes. and they're using like a very extreme example of sort of like the worst of us. But mm. it is very true that you, you, you cannot really mature. You cannot really make it to the next level of feeling um, sort of like really present and and mm. and grounded in your own life if you're unable to literally like accept at, at a minimum accept and to some extent love all the different parts of you you know what sure. I mean because we all reject parts of ourselves and we had spent four seasons of Joe literally being a serial killer but mm -hmm. actively also rejecting that part as some kind of like anomaly aberration it has mm -hmm. to happen from time to time I'm not that person and yeah. this was in this season they made him really look at himself like really mm. confronted and be like yes you absolutely are and I liked actually very much how they did it in this extreme way of mm. him being very far removed to the point of like there's a dead man on your kitchen table which is also like lol at us and you are really <laughs> like did this even though <laughs> yes. you are a known killer unto yourself you really were like somebody is out Got to into get my me. apartment exactly you know and um i can't believe they did this you know yes. like and so i that part on the bridge where reese is like what you know he's begging for acceptance he's like what mm. the hell man you know what i mean like stop it and like please also see me and then he does mm. you know um, and I, I, it's like, yeah, it's very, um, I'm torn because like, I don't want to have even a small amount of empathy because like, yes, this is the antihero. We do not need to like, 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 mm -hmm. or, or glorify this man. Right. But that mm -hmm. thing is real and it's true. Mm -hmm. And it's like a very huge, like rite of passage for, for, for people, all for of healing, us. for yeah. all of us. Exactly. Um, and so I really, loved I feel weird saying loved that sequence but I thought that was very good and then I like that they put us right back right back in that last scene like there's that mirror thing and then he switches and he's giving his persona thing and now he has money money yep. money when he came up to his student his former student 
mm-hmm. and was like, <gasps> my circumstances have changed. Have and changed. He, was, he was, he was like diabolical Reese Joe, you know? And yes. then at the end when he's doing his like charming thing, what I did like about that is that they put us right back into the mood. Joe Goldberg, the original yeah. that we met, that is whatever, except now he's been given like a turbo charge. Like you just know yeah. he's got like, he's in a w- way different new position. And I had thought this was the final season, but if there is a fifth one, I am very interested to see where it I goes. I am so ready. And I think, I presume that if there's another one, it will be a revenge episode, a revenge season from all these people that I assume at yeah. the very least I think Marianne yes, will yes, come back to Because revenge. he doesn't know she's alive. Because you know he's mm-hmm. killed very many people. And there are people in those people's lives who I think they'll be like, this was like the sister of so-and-so. Mm. And she's been like building a case to try to figure out what happened or like something mm. like that. Yeah, I think <sighs> right, it will be so. very, very, very interesting. I mean, you you loved that sequence. My favorite episode, like I say, is, is episode eight, where mm. I was confused for the very Marianne longest time. Marianne becomes the, the mm. protagonist. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's true. It was like 30 minutes of like, what, 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 what? <laughs> I've never made so many excuses for a man I know as a serial killer. I know. <laughs> okay. We have to um sadly close. So Joe versus yeah. Steven. Oh my word. Like, I mean, obviously they're both narcissists. They're both the worst kind of people. And we've already spoken about how charming Joe is versus versus Stephen. Interestingly, yeah. I found that like we're supposed to find Stephen charming. And I yeah. did, I did get that like in the beginning, like that first mm. episode. And then that was the last time. Like <laughs> that was it for me. And mm. I and I mean we've already spoken about like just how different they those they sort of are. characters are. I mean, they've got very similar backstories in that yeah. um they they both are longing for a, a mom's love. They they both have a wound, and the mm-hmm. wound has to do with their mom. And mm-hmm. the one Joe has that abandonment and mm-hmm. the abuse that he witnessed and trying to protect his mom. And you have Stephen, whose mom herself is a different kind of narcissist, but also is quite is very manipulative and controlling. And the wound of not having someone who just loves him for who he is, and obviously the wound of um, I guess growing up so poor and not having anything um, and also having an abandon, uh, abandonment issues from his dad. I, I guess the way they're so different is what makes it interesting is that these different kinds of ways these things can play out. And I guess the takeaway from it all is really don't fall for a narcissist because, you know, he may turn out to be diabolical and he may turn out to be a serial killer and you may turn out to be dead. So agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent. Let's do a quick flame. Who was your best male and female lead or best male and female from each of those shows? I mean, we've already spoken about love. Yeah. Um, that still remains. I think love was a great protagonist. Um, but, but let's talk about then just season four. Okay. Oh, in season four of you. Mm, interesting interesting well I mean best male lead is Joe like I think Penn Badgley I never would have predicted that Penn Badgley from Gossip Girl had this so I have to say like tell you I had never I was like how is how is this Penn Badgley how the first yeah me too when I was watching I was like wow you know these actors they have range they just need the opportunity the white male (laughs) you know anyway but so so he's my favorite and then i actually enjoyed um the panicky white girl the dutch was she a duchess lady lady i loved her as lady phoebe she was so she was in so much distress from beginning to end and but i like that she just went to teach english in thailand and got some peace for real so, and she was the most unpro- unproblematic of and literally the least problematic i was so bummed though by the depiction of the nigerian high society lady um blessing like they gave her nothing other than like three throw i was like why didn't you just leave the black lady out of this it was working when you were all whites just leave blessing out of this what i did love is that she didn't die and i love I that agree. none of the black women in the show ever die I actually do love it was that her her and also the the Asian woman 
um, oh, yes. in the group, like were just sort of aloof and around. And they weren't killed, but they also didn't do anything, which I like. I like that the, all the problematic people were accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like if from, if it's gonna be a from beginning to end, show, but also not be... shout out to Greg Kinnear as her father. Oh yes, and also course. Kate. Kate was good. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, you know yeah, she yeah. was good. Um, what about who was your worst um, anti-hero? I get. I mean, we've discussed that. We we I think we prefer Joe over Stephen. In, oh, a, in like sure. a messy way but also just based on the quality of the shows yeah anybody else who stood out to you they I mean the Lucy was the worst for me as well agreed um, agreed and yet I I love that for her like I, mm. I think she really did the role so well and, and in a sense I guess I, I mean I loved Brie the, the the character but I do love that that Lucy was as problematic as she was it was very flimsy and like she played it very well um and Stephen I also really enjoyed him in the sense that he was extreme and it was that he he played it. Like, he had his moments too. He had his he moments had, too. He had some very good uh, where I I really believed the I believed the it, angst, yeah. you know, yeah, that he yeah. possessed. And I and there was a part of me that did feel I was like, ah, damn, it's like you pulled some hard cards that this is how this is what your maladaptive um, coping mechanism yeah. is, you know. Yeah. So it um, is what it is. But I mean, they're they're for me. They're both like. Joe Stephen anti-heroes and I'm not rooting for any of them to be very honest like I was just so glad when Joe got his I felt like he got his comeuppance and I was like yeah you see you're not better than love yeah so and uh shall we end with our with our quote from the one and only the number one anti-hero of all of pop culture truly our favorite yeah. anti-hero in our lifetime <laughs> I don't know a different anti-hero <laughs> Taylor Swift oh. And she says, must be exhausting, always rooting for the anti-hero. <laughs> Thanks, Which is true. Girl. I have to say, at the end of every episode of these things, I was tired, you know. Same. Exhausted. Same. So, exhausted. Oh, okay. Thanks, <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Domsa. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Assume It Will Be Brilliant Pod. And if you have any questions, queries, or comments, please email us at assume it will be brilliant at gmail.com. And remember, step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant. If you listen to the show and you like it and you love it and you want to support it and help other people find us, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you.